You are listening to OWC Radio, episode number 58. Tell it in every pod, a Mac on every desk. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of OWC Radio. This is episode number 58. Apple in the news. Lion released. Going around the table to the regular crew here. What are your observations? Have you used it? What have you liked? What do you don't like? I played with it a little bit, but they're really I didn't get too deep into it. Uh, about the only thing that I really came away with is I really, really hate smart scrolling. Whoever came up with it needs to be kicked in the crotch. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It's just that I'm still getting used to it. Installed and been using it for you know since it came out. So I mean, it does take some getting used to. I mean, essentially you're moving the page versus moving the scroll bar. That's the well, whole it's, difference. Well, it's it's more germane to using an eye device as opposed to a computer in the right. If they're hiding the, the scroll bar, the scroll bar used to be what you moved with your yeah, yeah. Uh, you know your little wheelie ball on your mouse. Well, or that's not whatever. even that. It's there. There's a disconnect between what you're actually moving, your mouse or your trackpad. And the screen. It makes this the the quote unquote natural scrolling makes perfect sense when doing using a touchscreen device, when using the mouse or uh, trackpad to monitor disconnect there. It ruins the whole scrolling problem. Well, yeah, because it's it's of because everybody, down, everybody's used to up. well, everybody's used to that's the scroll wheel. So right. you're moving your scroll bar. Well, Apple's removed the scroll bar in line and hit it only when you start scrolling. So without the scroll bar there, you're no longer moving the scroll bar. You're moving the page. So the abstract action you're taking is now switched because now you're moving the page instead of the scroll bar. Yeah, so, all those converts from Windows are really going to love that. Well, you know. You can slip it, flip it and. Uh, yeah, you can turn it off, thank God. I think, you know, the thing, though, Chris, is that, you know, I'm, I'm a dual platform user, especially at home. And there are times where I'm like on my wind machine for whatever reason. I know. Don't ask. And I have to say, wait a second. That's not that's not control, whatever. It's mm-hmm. And so I have to move my fingers a little bit. But it, you, you get back into it. So mm-hmm. I, I can see what you're saying because I think for me it would be unnatural, too. But me personally, I haven't used it yet. I've had no reason to now upgrade th- any of our Macs to it. As you know, I'm sometimes a little slow in the adoption of things. So. <laughs> I'm always fast because what happens is this line is faster than uh, the, the predecessor. So it's like everything. It's been a while since we've had a real release of OS X. I mean, a good three years since Leopard came out. Snow Leopard was faster, but, I mean, it wasn't a full-out release. It was an upgrade. This one's actually a big upgrade. There's a lot changed. I mean, my biggest peeve is Spaces is gone. But then I could see why people didn't use Spaces because it's so scary. I mean, you zoom out, you see all your desktops, you come back in, and the first day you use it for work, you get nauseous. Lion presents uh, Michigan Troll. Now you just make multiple desktops, but now there's no man. You're just manually doing every time you need a new space to work in versus Spaces. You just assign where stuff went. So to me, my workflow is a little bit affected by it, but you have to get used to it. The nice thing is, though, Lion so fast with all the swipe controls, swiping between the desktop. It ends up being around the same amount of time swiping to like your third screen and coming back versus zooming out, pressing and zooming back in. Problem with that is, though, is that it re- relies on the swipe. What, it, what if you well, don't have a mouse that doesn't swipe? It relies on the swipe or if you press the F, you know, the F key, the active key on it to open mission. One of the F keys is active on it. And then oh, it, as long as there's an F key yeah. that's available as well. And then you, well. Can, you can either click it or whatever, or you can use your three fingers and push up and then in a trackpad and then show Mission control and then pick any option for control key or control and arrows, which is what I used for spaces. You could probably assign it. Good. Yeah, it just takes a little getting used to because now your stuff's 
they're ta- taking the, they're taking this row methodology where everything's in a row mm-hmm. versus spaces could be stacked and columns. Yeah, I use mine stacked. Yeah, so I'd have multiple. Well, I had like nine spaces and double monitor, so it's like I got plenty of extra desktop. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little different workflow there for people, but I could see why because mm-hmm. uh, Mission Control is more approachable for people yeah. who aren't comfortable with multiple. Yeah, I really concepts. didn't use a whole lot of the spaces. I, I think I used maybe two. I used one for most of my apps, and then I had one where I could go down into a virtual machine where I r- was running parallels. Right. I really used the spaces a lot and made it part of my workflow. So I've had three years of that, but Mission I, Control is definitely more approachable. And Lion does present a new paradigm. I mean, you know, for me, when I do get it at work, I'm going to have a trackpad and a mouse. The functions don't work on the Magic Mouse as well. I, I have trouble swiping with my fingers back mm-hmm. and forth, but I like the action of it because it's real easy. When you press back and the browser button is swiping the page away, mm-hmm. it's awesome. It seems very efficient. It works. Yeah, except for I don't have a magic mouse. Don't like them. Never did. Right. It's a Bluetooth it. mouse. I don't like Bluetooth. Well, you got to figure. I like a, I like a nice corded mouse. I'm sorry. They figure seventy five percent of you know new Mac users buying laptops. Mm-hmm. So they're all not having a mouse. They're having a trackpad. Yeah. So the trackpad is the paradigm that's going forward. I, there's things I like about it. My fingers get a little bit more tired when I'm working on a trackpad for about an hour. Yeah. Well, that and, you know, trying to do anything with graphics on. Well, I can do stuff with graphics on it. I've been it's doing... finger painting. <laughs> no, I've been using trackpads, like, on the trains for years. So I was able to, I can, I can paint with a brick, which is the mouse, and I can paint with the fingers on a trackpad. No big deal. You just, you get used to it and you, you learn. It's called new. Have a question about something discussed or looking for the links to the articles referenced in this episode? Please stop by the Otherworld Computing blog at blog.maxsales.com for links or to leave a public comment. Well, if you followed our conversation and maybe even OWC Chris, or should we say OWC Meh, diatribe on uh, how you were going to get Lion. Apple is now going to make Lion available on a USB drive later this month. So I'm so sure Steve Chris Jobs is... apparently does listen to this podcast. Yes. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Yes, he does. Yeah. So Good. Uh, Bring back a corded mouse. <laughs> no, so I don't, don't know if it's listen to that. more of you just, you know, pounding and saying I was right or, you know, what uh, I, I haven't talked to you about this. So what's your what's your take? Well, I got to be happy. I am happy. And I, as soon as it comes out, I'll probably be getting one. It's only available right now, as far as I've been able to see, or it will only be available through the online store, which right, is kind right. of interesting. I would would have thought that they might have been nice and at least put it in an, in the Apple Store itself. Nope, they're pulling software from the Apple Store. Yeah, um, no software for you. What, what the only thing that kind of miffs me a little bit is that they're charging almost seventy bucks for the darn thing. I mean, for, it does versus, have an Apple logo on it. versus the download. <laughs> and, and, does and it? Are you joking? I don't know. Okay. Better. Well, I'm seventy bucks. I better be the prettiest thumb drive I ever did see. <laughs> well, guess you sure are pretty. Actually, that's a good point I can because see it from the roof. Look at it. When I was read, when I read about this, is like the first thing I thought of was, well, obnoxious markup is an Apple tradition. We this, call it profit in capitalist world. <sighs> yeah. Or convenience has its price. <laughs> no, it's 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 them rubbing the salt in the wound. No well, one could get well, away with it. According to the blog uh, posters, you have a choice, Chris. You either pay seventy dollars or you move. And it looks like this is the cheaper <laughs> move. <laughs> I'm surprised hey. they didn't do the whole. If they really were thumbing their nose at you, they charged the full retail price for an Apple Real OS upgrade, one hundred and twenty-nine dollars even. Oh, that 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 would not have flown very well with a lot you, of people. You have two paths to go: our choice or move. So on, anyway. on the plus side, there's also that create a restore utility too. So yeah. 
You got that, and then they, they just released. You know what? I, I vaguely remember that. Tell, tell me more about uh, that. They cause... just actually they just released it last night. Apple now has a utility that you can create a restore disk oh. using a thumb drive. Ah, okay. Or and it only gets the recovery. It takes the recovery it, partition that's usually installed on the drive anyway, but it's hidden and puts it on a USB or an external hard drive for you, okay. or optical if you want to go. Yeah. Somewhere. Unfortunately, it doesn't it doesn't contain the full install. I don't think. Nope, no. just the recovery. Just the recovery, which makes it pretty useless if you don't have a fast internet connection. Oh, and going on to that though, uh, the install was actually relatively smooth for Lion for people that are interested. It went butter smooth for me. Faster on the install because it was install. You know, the installer is now on your hard drive, so mm-hmm. it went fast. Well, I always everything worked to my hard drive anyway. Well, Every you know what? We've had some we've drive. had some follow up and feedback on our blog about that, and right. it seemed like the biggest thing was people were like, "Oh my God, I've done this, and now this, this, and this doesn't work." And right. our approach in most of all cases, and it seemed like it worked ninety nine percent of the time, was reinstall the drivers because Lion yeah. wasn't recognizing or. Yeah, if it's a specific piece of hardware you're using or whatever. I use mainly all software, so the hardware I'm using is either an external drive or the computer itself, so that's usually real friendly for upgrades. One of the big things was I didn't know how CS3 was going to run for Adobe. That darn thing runs better in Lion than it did in Snow Leopard, so I got a big, come on, Adobe. (laughs) They complain that, oh, our stuff's not going to work right. The version two, 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 two versions ago works better in Lion than it did in Snow Leopard. What are they doing wrong? So, I mean, Adobe just really needs to get their act together. It's continued. I don't mind that it works fine. I don't have to upgrade anything, but it's like my palettes would all get reorganized or messed up in uh, Snow Leopard and the Lion. Everything's perfect where it should be, hmm. whether I'm switching to multiple monitors or not and coming back to it. So, I mean, Adobe just got to get its act together. They're making enough money bilking its customers while they just <laughs> actually do their job and code it correctly. And my rant on Adobe, back to the uh, whole, for those who can't get it with bandwidth issues, you got a seventy dollars stick you can buy soon. It's still not out yet. Okay. Should be out by the end of the uh, uh, end of August. Yeah. Now the one thing I I don't like is that I probably might buy it if it has good retail packaging because I've had the retail packaging for every OS ten since beta. Oh God. So I'd like to have my shelf have Lion on it, but it's going to be the end soon for that. So we'll see. You can laugh later on that, but I want my Apple branded little thumb drive on wow. my shelf. Everyone has their passion. Yep. How awesome is it that Max Sales has a live person around at 10 p.m. on a Sunday for an ordering question? Lion also, um, while the new USB and the ability to get it is somewhat affordable, um, <laughs> uh, some some people are being charged a heck of a lot more than sixty nine dollars to get Lion. PayPal was mistakenly charging as much as four thousand dollars. For people to download OSX Lion, and well, that was a user who downloaded it multiple times and actually ended up rebuying it multiple times and didn't think he was. He was just he thought he was re-downloading multiple times. And ah. Apple, it seems like there was a glitch somewhere where either it didn't. Take was there a graduated scale like on the you know I don't know I don't want to say stupidity factor, but hit it twice. That's that's fifteen hundred. Well, the idea so. behind Lion is you're supposed to be able to buy it once and then download infinitely on any Macs you have in your home. Right. So he was doing that, but he was also, the kink in it was he was also downloading it for servers. So he was doing different purchases, and uh. that probably crossed the path. And something glitched somewhere, and it is an error, but it took two or three weeks for Apple to say, yes, it is an error after we looked into it. And he had it linked to a debit card. So it really took it out of his account. <laughs> and the guy, or I think it's a guy, didn't have his rent money or whatever. 
or its oh, mortgage payment. Wow. So for you out there, uh, if you want a little bit of protection and in between, don't use your debit card for PayPal. Use like a credit card so you can at least challenge or hold or wait for the daring payment to make it instead of uh, – you know, we didn't have those sort of problems when we got our operating systems on, oh, I don't know, physical media. So, I mean, is it a flaw in the download model? Well, heck yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, oops. Well, you come here for technology advice and financial common yeah. sense. Maybe, don't use a debit card. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you don't want your debit card linked to PayPal for that reason. You know, that way you can, you can handle the uh, oopsie versions when they happen and go, no, and just contest the charges. They didn't deliver that. Other people did report getting charged a couple extra times, too. Make sure it says download only instead of buy app. If it doesn't say download only or download, then you're buying it each time. So you also got to use your own common sense. That's a good point. Don't press the buy now button over and over again thinking you're downloading. Higher capacity Guardian Maximus Mini. It now comes with dual 1.0 terabyte drives or 2.5 inch drives. It's a portable bus-powered RAID solution, RAID 1 and 0, and they start at 179 bucks. So if you need something out in the field that you can bus power and that you want the performance and or redundancy of RAID, by no other way can you get it other than having a G-Max Mini. It's solid, bulletproof, looks really cool. Well, if anyone ever wanted to say Steve Jobs for president, I think now would probably be as good a time as anyway and just vote for Steve Buttons. I'd, I'd certainly wear one because Apple now has more cash than the U.S. government. And the only reason why I think I, I – I, we, we talk about topics for the show, and I sent this out to everyone, and I said, you know, with all of the, the debt crisis and, and the shenanigans in Washington – and we won't even get into that. We'll just say it's shenanigans because people should get along and move the country forward rather than you know, running at the mouth. Is uh, they have seventy-six point two billion in cash and marketable securities at the end of June, and the U.S. Uh, Treasury cash balance as of last Wednesday was seventy-three point eight billion. So, um, you know, Apple really hasn't done anything really too wrong in the last couple of years that it would almost be like, you know, Steve, if, if you're looking for another gig, why don't you throw your hat in the ring? And I mean, we could use some creativity, we could use some genius, and we could use some just smart execution. And I, it, was, it would be funny to see people that have run corporations at that high a level. And I mean, and there's, there's only a few people like Steve. I'm not saying like, you know, anyone that's a Fortune 500 CEO, because, uh, well, I don't even get me started there, but I would really think it'd be very cool if someone just said, you know what, and put some groundswell to this and said, Steve Jobs for president, what the hell? He yeah, doesn't he want the pay cut. He <laughs> <laughs> no could have way. the State of the Union address like a keynote. Uh... Actually, I think people would like that. It'd be clear. It's like, what does he say? What's he saying? Oh, I get the bullet point makes sense. But, I mean, I want to go, I want to take the article to test, because the article is just full of horse crap. Ah, because the government takes in two hundred billion dollars a month, right? Okay. How much debt they got? So they technically have zero dollars. I have more money than the U.S. government in my pocket. They have zero dollars. Apple has no debt, and they have that money in the bank. That's true. So it's a fun article, but I mean, come on, no way. Let's see, Doesn't I even pass the, a smell test. Yeah, I read the article, and the only thing that I could come to mind was well. It makes perfect sense. I mean, look at the prices that they've been charging for RAM and hard drives all these years. <laughs> well, I mean, they're selling a lot of iDevices out there, and Apple is king, and like people always ask them, well, why do you charge so much for your uh, products? And I think Steve has the best answer in all this stuff. 
Well, we're a company that's also in the business of making profit. You know, we're not going to sit there and be a Dell and make ten bucks per laptop and sell a million of them. We'd rather you know make a healthy profit so we can do what we do. I mean, look at the research arm they're doing. I guess, I guess underlying my 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 feelings on this though is is that if we look at a company or several and they have a history of financial success in a challenging industry. It's not like Apple is just in an industry all by themselves and, you know, they just invented something and there's no other competition or whatever. You know, they it, innovate differently than anybody else. Yeah, correct. And right. and they're just smart people and and they just go about doing things the way that they should. I just I think it would just be really interesting if more Americans would just wake up and start to maybe perhaps look at that you have to run government because I I've, I've got some small government experience under my belt. And you would be amazed at how many people actually have said this to me. Well, you can't run government like a business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> sure hope they do now. Well, that's the problem, <laughs> see? And that's what I'm saying is, is that maybe yeah. we really truly need more business people, highly successful, highly experienced, to no. say, you know what? I'm going to give my shot at this budget thing. And, and, you know. there, there's, a, there's a reason, though. You have the politics of personal destruction that go out there. So unless you really want to be tasked on everything, be called every name in the book, there's no benefit in putting our best people out there. So pretty much we get the leftovers of who can't be successful in business going into government. Um, I don't know, man. I think the American <laughs> I thought it was just lawyers. It's just a bunch of lawyers. See, I think you'd have the American public. If someone started coming attacking out richer than when like, they went in, so what's going on? I think if you, have, <laughs> if you have the American public attacking someone like Steve Jobs, who's you know been on the cover of Time how many times? You have it in your he, he your, needs, your office four yeah. times. There are certain things that you have to reveal publicly to run as a politician that maybe certain people don't want to be revealed. <laughs> oh, I mean, wait a second. Yeah. We're going down a different path here. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's, maybe they should it's run fun it like, to talk about Try to run it like a business. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Overall, they shit and, their butts together. And here's and our invitation here's a model. for Steve Jobs to perhaps step up his game. Steve for Prez. And, and, and just say, you know what? Jobs for Prez. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny how that name Ooh. works. And, and, in the <laughs> and, and the Prez for Jobs. Yeah. Have you heard what they said on Twitter? Newest addition to my consultant toolkit? The latest OWC catalog from Max Sales. Don't leave home or the office without it. <laughs> Well, Apple has been busy on the hardware side of things. We've got Thunderbolt added to a variety of new models. We had the uh, Mac Mini, Mini Server out, MacBook Air. Well, they all have Thunderbolt, which is great, I suppose. Uh, They also released some Thunderbolt displays. Right. So at least you can hook something up to it. And the cable for $50. Oh, yeah, the $50 cable. And then, of course, the requisite, you know, everybody going, oh, my God, when are we going to have Thunderbolt devices? Unfortunately, you know. The official OWC statement on Thunderbolt, it's coming. Is 2012. We're waiting for second gen technology to present itself to us. Uh, You know, it's just like our SSDs, folks. We weren't the first out on the market, but arguably we're one of the one, if not the top brand in the Mac arena let alone the PC side of things, because we wanted to really look for the proper processor, and that was Sandforce. So with Thunderbolt, we're just not going to be out there in 2011. I mean, now, you know, never say never. I mean, that could maybe be, you know, late December for something for CES. But um, we're gonna, when we get into this, we're going to do it right, and you're going to be able to take full advantage of all of the capabilities Thunderbolt has to offer and not just be an early adopter and be dissatisfied with your experience from the jump. So... If you come to the blog and you ask us after every <laughs> external enclosure we announce between now and December, great, that sounds cool. When's it going to have Thunderbolt? I'll buy two. It's not going to until 2012. So don't ask the question. 
Okay, off my soapbox. One of the big, uh, big, big uh, changes in Mac Mini server, and well, in the Mac Mini was it's the first desktop from Apple that has finally officially removed the optical drive, good or bad. That just means it's going to be a plethora of, or an increase in sales of external optical drives. Is plethora the sister of plethora or paraphal? Oh, okay. <laughs> What's a paraphal? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's that guy. I know, I know. Give him a hurrah. It's stuff that I connect. Hurrah. I think he hit it on the head, though. I mean, people still use optical media. Yeah, I mean, people always say optical's dead because of streaming movies or whatever. Eh, wrong. I mean, 50% of people still buy the movies on C- or D- mu- music on CDs. Music on CDs. Uh, movies on DVD, DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, it's convenient for my family. Nothing to do but just send in that Netflix CD and wait for our list to get hit for another one. Have it appear in the mail on family movie night Friday night, man. Mm-hmm. Fits with our schedules. Yeah. I mean, streaming is bandwidth intensive. I mean, even if you have broadband, all the broadband providers are putting caps on it because, oh, look, Netflix. So people keep on blaming the telecoms that they don't, they're not supplying enough bandwidth. I'm sorry, but if you have a, provi- a software service provider go out there and say you can download a million movies now, the, someone's got to pay for the network to be made then. So either they're going to charge you 10 times more in broadband or just say, hey, oops, we're going to cap you. And if then if you want more, you're going to have to pay for it. I mean, one movie from Netflix can take about a gig. And if you have a 150-gig limit or an 80-gig limit or a 50-gig limit, you're going to hit it quickly. Yeah. I know when so encoding optical, movies for my – uh, I know when encoding movies for my uh, home theater, right. I find that I get about a gig a minute – or I'm sorry, a gig an hour. Right. So – To retain it, the, like Blu-ray quality or are you targeting DVD quality? Um, It's a little bit better than – uh, or it's, it's it's not quite Blu-ray quality, but it's you know, pretty good enough. It's pretty darn good. Okay. Uh, so I've been surprised on some of the Netflix. They're a little bit better in DVD, but they're mm-hmm. nowhere near Blu-ray. But. Yeah, I can get them actually pretty close to Blu-ray, um, especially with a Blu-ray source. Um, but I can, yeah, with the settings that I particularly happen to use in Handbrake, can actually get about a gig an hour. Not bad. So. That should be but Blu-ray you, of 25. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 25 gigs for the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's so. some compression and... You might notice. What audio are you? T- you're not getting a lossless audio, though. You're doing the, just a 5.1 mix. Yeah, I'd, I'd mix it down to 5.1. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, they got rid of the optical drive in the minis. People are complaining about it a little bit. But the upside is, you know, <laughs> stay posted on what we have to offer, of course. Uh, you can add a second drive as long as you have a certain amount of cables and grommets and can do right. some, a well, little bit actually, of light work. Uh, if you read our blog, uh, we have a post on there. I believe we hit nearly one gig uh a second speed. We rated two uh, SSDs because the two SATA connectors in the new 2011 minis are both 6G. So you can put two 6G drives in there, like our extreme 6G SSD, rate them together, and I mean, what a rocket. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the new Mac mini is fast. Uh, and it actually takes apart pretty nicely. Yeah, better than the last one. Yeah, there's, there, you don't have all those little... Uh, Temperature sensors to stick oh, yeah, in certain the, spots. Yeah, you've done the install videos for what the uh, the memory and have we done uh, drive yet? Memory or? on the drives. Um, the, probably should be getting those up probably by the end of the week, if okay. not within the next couple of days. Well, check our, check our tech support tab for those and look for the yeah. install videos. We'll probably pop put it up on the blog too. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing about uh, those, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't the new mini and mini server take up to 16 gig of RAM then? So Apple uh, is only officially supporting, I think, eight, eight. So it's another max RAM certified upgrade from OWC. 
and we've even done benchmarking showing you what the difference is with both uh, the maximum amount of RAM as well as even SSDs. So, I mean, if the Mini was viable for you before, it's even <laughs> more viable for you now as a faster computer with the Sandy Bridge uh, processors in there and all that crap. And it's, those of you who are going from an old one to a newer one, if you can send me your old Mini, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's OWC Chris, care of Otherworld Computing. <laughs> What's gotten actually more press than the Mini, though, is actually the MacBook Air. They're a lot faster, testing out a lot faster. And the big nice news for us is they take the exact same SSD card that we had for the only upgrade available on the planet for Mm -hmm. MacBook Air, we now have for the 2011 MacBook Airs as well. Tested, confirmed, great operation. And uh, Uh, keep posted for new news on that, too. Yep. (laughs) Well, you know, I've got a little bit of a, a, I guess, it's not a grant rant, but... um, I find it very interesting that Apple is sending these out with basically a lottery system. And people are like, hmm, I made you pause, didn't I? Well, you don't have a choice of the SSD that comes in it. So you're either going to get a Toshiba or a Samsung. Now, OWC Mike here did mention that we have the only SSD option on the market for the MacBook Air from uh, 2010 and 2011. And we even have options going all the way back to the 2008 model. But the big thing about this 2011 deal is is it's almost like the 17-inch MacBook where you really didn't know whether or not you were going to have a 6G or a 3G-enabled machine. And while our SSD for the MacBook Air can offer up to four times the capacity, because we go up to 480, and the max from the factory is 256, um, the base 11-inch model starts with 64 gig, there's a performance difference in that Toshiba and Samsung. I know I've took a long way to get there, but follow with me here. Now, the Samsung will give you 264 read and 246 write. The Toshiba will give you 208 read, 156 write, almost 100 meg a second slower on the writes. Now, our particular SSD is 285 read, 275 write. So it's faster than even the fastest uh, Samsung from the factory, a little bit of a speed bump, but significantly faster. I mean, more than uh, twice as fast on the rights than the Toshiba. So if you're looking for both a guaranteed performance upgrade and capacity increase, an OWC is really your choice if you're looking to max out your MacBook Air. If you don't have to play the lottery, my suggestion would be just get the, uh, if you're going to get the 11-inch, just get the 64-gig base and if you're going to get the 13, you're either limited to the 128 or 256. I'd choose the smaller one again. Um, little spoiler teaser alert, and probably not that much of a big surprise, but sure, we're going to be working on something to where you can put that factory SSD into an enclosure and utilize it, just like our DIY kits like the uh, OWC Express. So, so Stay posted on that, too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not, you know... Stay tuned. If, yes, if you want to start hitting us on the blog saying, when are you coming out with that? I don't know. <laughs> I just know that it's on the, the roadmap, and we'd like to get it out, obviously, as soon as possible. But uh, we truly will be, with that, you know, really the, the turnkey one-source solution for your MacBook Air upgrading. And, boy, that was like the ghost of Billy Mays resurrected there. Lions pre-installed in all the new machines. and uh... That does kind of put a little bit of a damper in upgrading your hard drive because if you take your hard drive out, you have to go through a whole big convoluted series of steps and or – Oh, wait a second. It's not that convoluted. You came up with a really good, uh, I think it was your blog post, and then we even put it up on our site on how to install, what, what, 
how to uh, install Lion after changing your drive. Right. Well, there is a uh, Apple does have that built-in uh, uh, network restore. Which is okay, I suppose, if you have a fast connection, or you, you have to download and go. Yeah. Otherwise, it's one of those. Uh, it was like eight steps, if I recall. Uh, on the outside end, yeah, for yeah. for one of the errors, because then you have to have like an extra hard drive. Right, right. It, the the air proves more difficult than the mini. Right. The mini you can clone. Now, you know. now once once we get that enclosure that uh, we were talking about, mm-hmm. that changes things a bit. That will change it up and make it a lot easier. If cool. you happen to buy the enclosure that goes with it. Yeah. Get up to the minute information on the happenings and goings on at OWC by following us on either of our Twitter feeds at MaxSales or at OWC Radio. Or become a fan on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash OWC MaxSales. The only computer left now for Apple to upgrade with Thunderbolt and a whole new system would be the Mac Pro, which we're all anxiously awaiting on. So, yeah, we'll that'll see be what happens there. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors out there of different sizes, different form factors. What's well, it's supposed to be it was supposed to be August. Now, I I recently read something about September. Now is the latest rumor mill. I just figure they're waiting. They they know enough not to go out with a major iOS release and a product at the same time. So either they're going to get it before iOS comes out or after. So you right. either have and late iOS August five is or, out late August, right? Or, or actually, that's supposed to be out sometime in September. Okay, probably the first half. Who knows? Hmm. Unless there's a delay, but they know not to do that. But Mac Pro is a little bit different creature. All of a sudden, it ends up at the bottom of the Apple page, and it's like, look, new Mac Pro is available. They don't, sometimes they don't shout it from the rooftops, and sometimes they do. Of course, the big question is, will they get rid of the optical drive on that one? Don't know. I, don't, I actually don't know or don't think so. Man, I I'd hope lean that they way. don't. <laughs> if they do, there's going to be a... Well, the people that need it need to author Blu-rays, but also those people who do that would likely want an external Blu-ray writer anyway to get better speed or something. Or... I don't know. Or put it just put it internally and hook it up via yeah eSATA like their uh, current uh, so optical I, drives are. It's it's rumored to have a smaller form factor, and then it's also rumored that they just have a server alt version of it that have a smaller form factor. So who knows? We know it's going to be faster. We know it likely have Thunderbolt. It'll definitely have Lion. All the computers will have Lion anyway when you buy them. So, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Have you heard what they said on Twitter? How are they going to make my computer faster today? Comes to mind every time I see a new post on the OWC blog. Love it! Another one that just came out, hot off the presses, was the uh, iMac. They're calling it the late 2011 edition uh, education iMac. It's a 21.5-inch screen, 3.1 gigahertz, dual-core, duo. It's only $200 cheaper than the base iMac, and so it has a lot less capability by not having a quad-core processor in it. But, I mean, if, I guess if they need a $1,000 price point, it's good for education. The key is not anybody who's, like, a student can buy one. Only approved educational purchasers, I guess, can buy this thing. So, I mean, we got your RAM upgrades and stuff for you there. Uh, we're also going to be testing out to see if you can do the max RAM as well. So, uh Stay tuned on the blog for that. We'll definitely announce if the, how far that can go, whether that can take the 16 gig or not. And uh, we'll see on that. And then the other one, uh, the MacBook is not totally dead. Yeah, you know, we put on there, we had, you know, goodbye to an era, so long MacBook as a post, and it got a lot of social media coverage. Uh, but with this same announcement, they said, by the way, just so you know, the MacBook, and I, they, meaning the, the industry pundits and whatnot um so they with a capital t yes they the, it's almost like the cloud but the it's cloud. like they 
the MacBook, the original MacBook, um, that was quietly discontinued with the introduction of the new 2011s, uh, it is still available for educational purchases as well. So you have to, I, th- I think it's probably like some sort of, you know, PO from a recognized educational institution or something like that that qualifies. You have to, to be a it. member of a secret society. <laughs> I got my decoder ring. I'm good. So they're out too. So we'll, su- we'll still support anything as far as memory upgrades, hard drive yep. upgrades go. So yep. just still your resource there. Check the site. Yep. Check the site in stereo. Hey, listeners, if you've got a iPad 2 and you were familiar with our Grip Stand, Grip Stand Base Bundle, we've got good news for you. We now have introduced the Grip Stand 2. So it has cutouts for the smart cover. It also has cutout for the rear-facing camera. It's really a cool product that lets you really take your iPad 2 in a more secure mobile way and hold it while you're scrolling, lets you transport it almost like a mini briefcase, gives it excellent shock protection, and really on the de- where it shines is on the desktop. It has this, again, this handle that also functions like a prop, and then it's very stable on your desk. You can push it, turn it, share it with a friend, then put it on the base for even more of a desktop presentation look to it. Check it out. It's the Grip Stand 2 and Grip Base Bundle from Newer Tech on MaxSales.com. Uh, It's actually kind of fun when science fiction almost kind of becomes science fact. (laughs) We're talking about the transporter, Scotty. (laughs) Nope, this is just just disturbing. This Uh, definitely comes under other tech news. Other tech news. (laughs) the far side. With the underscore on other. (laughs) Uh, Researchers at Beijing's University College of Life Science and Technology are pioneering a method for cranking out a whole bunch of gelatin. How many uh, tons? Almost 300,000 tons of gelatin each year. Mm. Uh, that, I mean, that's a lot of jello. Um, processing they don't question- say jello. They yeah. say gelatin. They can put it in a fridge or something. If they call it sweaty gelatin, I'm all over it. Uh, the process, uh, I don't know about if you like this, because the process here. I don't know what you mean. Can you please uh, tell? Takes human <laughs> gelatin genes and inserts them into a strain of yeast with controllable features. I have no idea what the heck that means. All I know is it sounds like we're making Soylent Green here. And <laughs> oh, what the hell's the Soylent Green thing? You don't know Soylent Green? No. Oh, man. It's a movie from the 70s, yeah. late oh. 70s. Uh, Charlton Heston was in it. The basic p- premise of it was that there was this – the Soylent Corporation had this great new plentiful food source, Soylent Green. It looked like little green saltines, and you know, people were just crazy for this. I thought it was a liquid, actually. No. no. It, was, it was crackers. Because okay. there was also that scene. Who you call on cricket? <laughs> and <laughs> and basically, so uh, I forget the the, the, the full deals with it, but I guess uh, Charlton Heston playing a cop goes looking into the Soylent Corporation for something or another, and the gist of it, it turns out, is that Soylent Green is actually made out of people. Yeah, uh, it's people. Soylent, and at the end, he's like shot and. It, Goes just into this crowd and screaming, Soylent Green is made out of people. It's like human gelatin genes. I, I didn't know I didn't humans had gelatin genes. But and, and is this for consumption then? I apparently think? so. Unless you can use – unless people are using gelatin for other things. Charlie Heston, where are you, brother, man? We could use you back. China does have a lot of people, but this is just kind of gross. <laughs> Hence <laughs> the reference to Soylent Green. It's people. Oh, gross. If you haven't seen the movie, it's the 1970s era. 
Um, it reminds me of that movie where they like stoned people too. Remember, it was like it, the whole community, like in order to make the crops grow. The, oh, that that was um, oh that was that was a book, wasn't it? The lottery. The you're lottery. Right. Yeah. You know, that was a movie because they showed it to us in third or fourth grade, and I've been warped ever since, man. They tried to force the metric system and the lottery down our throats. Well, we know how the metric system works. Yeah. So there you go. Aren't we still playing the lottery like every week, Wednesdays and Thursdays or something. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> This this story's out there. I just want to officially put that out there. If you didn't like this story, please send complaints to Chris at podcast at maxsales.com. If you want Soylent Green. If you want more stories like this, <laughs> please email us at podcast at maxsales.com. If you have actually eaten the gelatin from China, please email us at podcast at maxsales.com. Out. All right, well, there are reports that there's a growing Android malware epidemic and that Apple's iOS, no surprise, is far safer. Uh, the security firm Lookout has reported that there's an 85% increase in the number of mobile malware detections among its monitored users and that Android users are two and a half times as likely to encounter malware as just six months ago. You know, they're releasing, uh, I guess, a warning called it's an update attack and it's a malware writer first releases a legitimate application containing no malware once they have a large enough user base the malware writer updates the application with a malicious version mean mean people yeah out of a thousand users 61 to 62 percent of iphone and blackberry users were using password protection while only 49 percent of android users were so that's close if you take like margin of error and a thousand yeah. users. That's but close. Bottom line, you should use password protection. And really, to me, um, when it comes to apps, unless you're really sure of the source and you're really going to use that app, and in the future, don't just blindly download from that same developer. Those well, the other key thing was like when you lose your phone, what happens? You know, yep. Apple provides Find My iPhone for free. Just sign up and get it. So that way, if it does get stolen, you can remote wipe the darn thing, and you're free and clear. You don't have to worry about it. As long as it has a network connection, if someone turns it off or something or whatever, you can't get network connected, it's not going to get wiped. But you might be able to find it where it was last located. I think there's other apps that are like Find My Android or whatever. So at least do that and password protect. We've got RAM for the new minis, up to 16 gigabyte, and our 6G SSD works in them as well. You know, now is more than ever a time to upgrade your RAM um, with Lion. The two, two gig is the minimum, but every expert is saying, really, that's bare minimum. You really need four, and if you really want it to roar, you need eight to 16. Well, we can help you out there. Roar. Four gig is ridiculously priced. It's thirty five ninety nine. For the mini uh, and eight gig is seventy six ninety nine. So check out all of our memory specials at maxsales.com slash memory. Not everything is all about Apple. We often find some really interesting things to talk about, and as we have uh, I, perhaps twisted senses of humor at the table, uh, we look for those things that really kind of make us scratch our heads and say, "Huh," or just outright laugh. So. Um, there was a pretty good uh, hoax that claimed that 
Internet Explorer users scored lower on IQ tests than users of other web browsers. I can't even get this out because to me, you read that it's like how do you poll that? How do you yeah? How do you do this? One thousand pollsters said polls are accurate. <laughs> like, okay. So uh, and then after reports of the apparent hoax began circulating, a message on the supposed company's website confirmed it. So it was urging people to upgrade from older versions of IE. And then posts a link to a shopping comparison site. Uh, it just, bottom line, people are speculating that this was pulled off as performance art by someone who has a grudge against IE or a mischief maker who gets a laugh out of all this. Well, uh, as you could tell, I was laughing at this because I just think yeah. it's just funny. It's like well, I sure hope they didn't make any money off the other site or whatever. That was their real job because yeah. Microsoft can sue them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're setting themselves in. I mean, it's funny to do a hoax now as long as you didn't make anything off it. But if you defamed IE and you were false and lying about it. I mean, this thing made national news. It oh, also yeah. says oh, yeah. they need to vet their news a little better. Every outlet, I don't care who it is, every outlet. It's like, you don't just post a headline. you got to actually do a little research to see if it's real. Well, and that's the problem. I mean, a little going off subject here, but but relevant is, is that it seems like everyone is a news outlet. And, you know, you know people say there's the death of journalism, and you hit it on the head. And that—that's some of my background. Is you got to have some curiosity to say who says, yeah. how, who was pulled, yeah. What's you know, the numbers on the poll? And you go, oh, this is, you know, I asked one. How 000. was it pulled? Yeah. yeah. What were the questions asked and all that? Mm-hmm. Was it a real poll? I mean, that's that's the 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 problem, I guess, with today's dissemination of news is everyone is a is a news outlet and no one's verifying. Well, and then once one news outlet that's major goes for oh, yeah. a headline grab, the others say, oh, it must be trusted. Yep. So then they all do it yep. and get on yep. there and say, well, they said it's true. It's like, oh, man. So bottom line, if you start to read these things and you believe it, you should have your IQ checked. Well, and what I'm really trying to say is I'm really disappointed to find that it was a hoax. Been listening for a while and like what you hear? Let us know by taking a moment to rate or leave a comment on the OWC radio channel on iTunes. Well, in the interest of equal time, such as it is, uh, PhoneGap was really focused on this month. Uh, PhoneGap is a uh, development suite that basically lets mobile app developers develop not just for iOS or for Android or for whatever other platforms, uh, Palm, uh, BlackBerry. We got you. Anyway. Uh, you build once, it outputs. Yeah, it basically you build once, it outputs it for all the different ones, which was kind of a cool concept. So a compiler almost. Uh, well, a translator. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's more of a translator. Each one has its own, like, each one has its own software development kit, okay. so it's allowing it to. Yeah, so it lets you kind of build in. It builds Adobe a native app. Adobe Flash and Apple said, meh. <laughs> I don't think so. This is the meh episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yet, ironically enough, Apple's actually pretty cool with this one. Yeah. I'm I'm really surprised Apple hasn't already made something called like App Maker. Not that it would make it for all seven mobile apps, but something that makes it easier, you know, an easier barrier to entry to just mm-hmm. to make either simple apps or normal apps off a base template or something that yeah. makes it so people who have an idea aren't refused because they either have to pay an App Maker to create it or something because the developer program it's complicated just to go through the normal steps to mm-hmm. make normal things, let alone program it and. Th- the app but programmers this, would say, "Heck, if you're not going to know how to program, you shouldn't build an app." It's like, but at the same time, I that. mean, there, there's some crappy apps out there already that get approved. Well, yeah, it, it's not for Apple to say. Well, Apple has stopped saying you, you're not going to come out with a fart app anymore. No, it's not, not even approve it. 
it's not going to happen. It's not even Android the, has like ten thousand of them. Yeah. Apple it's not even the fart app problem. There's some bad that apps we're talking. Out there, yeah. I mean, there's just crappy. I, I downloaded. Oh god, what the hell did I download? But it was free that you downloaded. You're oh, not paying for. Oh the hell no, I'm not oh, going to pay for know. it. But I downloaded it and I'm I'm just going. Oh god. I'd have to almost say, what would you expect for free though? I mean, you you can say I, that's I've a, gotten that's a some, free crappy app. Cool, delete it, move on. I've gotten some. <laughs> uh, I've gotten some quality apps that are free. Yeah, there there are some out there, and there's there are also a lot of with a different ones. way to make money, like the like the comic book apps you were talking yeah, about earlier. They're free to download. They have some free books every month, every week, or every month. Mm-hmm. But you got to pay. They have a different pay model of right. You pay or you have the ones with uh, with the built in ads, and they get ad yeah. revenue yeah. that way. Well, that's how Android operates. Android operates based on ads only. Mm-hmm. There's well, no well, payment model well, at all. Apple's iAds though, so yeah, you same got difference. I, you got to pay to be an Apple's iAds though. Yeah, <laughs> but you can also but, get your own advertising. Yeah, you can also put and and some of the good apps that I have have that. So, yeah, I'm just really surprised they haven't made like an app maker where it makes it easier for people to make. I'd like to have. Actually, that I think I do have. I did download an app making type program hmm. which i haven't really had a chance to play with well there's but. just things you have to go through with apple's development portal and make sure you got the right thing registered and the right numbers right. and so that way when you produce it in the right device id it's it's really convoluted just in that portion alone and a lot of people just go uh-uh <laughs> well Chris more is- iphoto like we're like i want to make an app and I wanted to do this. Is, is your concern is, is that by this openness, it's going to create more, as you're phrasing it, crappy apps then? Yeah, it, it's just going to be a bunch of uh, – it, it's that signal-to-noise ratio just gets blown out of proportion, the good apps versus the crappy apps. Hmm. My, my point, though, is um, what this actually reminds me of is a lot of Java apps. I can almost guarantee that whenever I load a Java app under macOS, it's going to look like crap. And it's going to be slow, but that's a different thing entirely. Well, it's been slow ever since Java's been out, though. It was yeah. slow back yeah. in the late 90s. And, and, and that, that's that's understandable. That's a given. But it's going to look like crap. Actually, no, it's not even going to look like crap. It's going to look like a Windows program. You know, not even one of the new Windows programs. I'm talking like Windows 98. That's I mean, that's how good these interfaces are. And these are people that don't have user interface guidelines, stuff like that. Right. They don't know how to design stuff. And that's what and that's what the, I think we're going to run into a problem with anything coming from PhoneGap is not that really. not through not through iOS because Apple has set guidelines that when you submit an app it's like this doesn't adhere to the Apple guideline because you need to have it work this way. If your usability is off, they're mm-hmm. gonna catch you. Hmm. Because they have guidelines that Android's more of a throw it out there, we need to add some numbers. We need to be able to say we have three hundred thousand apps and Apple doesn't. But you know, they got all the malware issues in Apple too. And Android as well. Not, so yeah, hopefully they come Apple comes out with the easier to make. The only reason people are making this stuff is they want to shoot out an app to all the things, but I mean, who cares if your app is also Windows 7 compliant or whatever it is, or Windows Phone, whatever. Yeah, they just added uh, a compatibility for Windows Phone, so. Yeah. Yeah. For MacBook, MacBook Pro owners, now you can have 2 terabyte, that's right, 2 terabyte of internal storage capacity with our 2 terabyte data doubler kit. Put one terabyte in the main bay, one terabyte in the data doubler in your optical bay. You could even do a uh, software raid with those for just ridiculous performance levels. All sorts of configuration options are yours when you come to OWC with cool products like the data doubler.
Ironically enough, uh, an iPad story that I actually find interesting. Uh, the folks over at Comic-Con uh, are talking about the iPad and the iPad era and distributing comics just in general via electronic media rather than traditional print media. They're actually starting to uh, embrace it. Of DC, course they're trying to embrace it. Their industry's failed. DC, like cutting right to the heart, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. DC announced that... Uh, all of its comics will be available online. Uh, Marvel said it's going to get there soon. The, the, what am I going to collect and sell in 100 years now, though? That's the, the point. It's like collecting digital baseball cards. It's freaking worthless. Yeah, they're, still av- they're still going to be available via print. Is that they're yeah, also where are you going to be- buy them? Try finding a comic book store nowadays. I know there's one on my way from work to here, or from home to work. Mm-hmm. One. Uh, <laughs> and I know, and I know where the... And then you have Borders, which bends them all. Which oh they're going out of business. Huh. You got your local Looks like jeweler been perusing yeah. the comic. Uh, oh, I'm a huge comic book dork, and these guys th- can't get their asses out of their heads. They, their industry has failed since the mid '90s. They don't know why. Maybe it's because you have 25 X-Men books. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because you have 15 Superman books. I think they need a Jerry Maguire moment in the comic book industry and go, "Hey, less books, higher quality." That's Actually, it. the um... that's the key. Sell it and open up your own darn stores. Marvel should have its own store. DC should have its own store. Stop relying on these comic book dorks who can't run a store if they try to. I don't know. I kind of like the one I go to, but that's besides the point. That's um, been a good one and, I've and, gone to. And actually, uh, just talking about your argument with uh, too many books, I know at least at, at the very least uh, DC is doing that. Is they're, they're actually cutting down their line. So 15 years after they've built their customers for multivariant covers and all that stuff, they're finally getting their heads out of their butts and they're going to make less books. Bravo. Ten more years, maybe they'll have the books cut down to the correct number. One yeah. Batman, one Superman. Who the hell wants Wonder Woman? Kick her out. Maybe a Green Lantern. Have four books. You might sell them. Was there a Wonder Woman or a Batgirl in there at all? Cause... <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> you know who they're buying? It's, fi- it's, fifth, it's fifth grade to high school boys. Oh, I don't know. And they, they've, they've built their allowance for too long. You know, comic industry can fail for all they care. They're going to sell digital comics. That's they're worthless. They're fine if you want to read them. They're interesting. They don't have well, the same. Also, got to think of the ind- independent uh, authors as well. Well, they can come out with their own. Yeah, the indie authors are also supporting that. I mean, there's actually, of course, it has money coming in. They don't have print costs. They lower still want to charge a buck lower less. Path than, of resistance. They yeah. can get it right up. Yeah, but the price is still one ninety nine a book. The books are in the store one ninety nine or two ninety nine. I'm sorry, but we just took out your entire printing cost, your distribution model, made it free for you. You should be charging me seventy five cents or free for the book. Mm. Of course they want it. They're going to charge full price. The reading experience is not the same. Mm-hmm. You only get a single thing, and then they have all these, they have these stupid zoom frame things going on. So the artwork's not the same. Actually, uh, in the article that this actually uh, refers to, I don't. I mean, some um, people like the digital readers' form. They're fine. They look yeah. fine. It's just it's not the same. And then in the end, you're left with nothing of no value. So why spend your two bucks? That's why I get the free ones. Yeah. But that's I download just me. the free ones, and that's it. Download the free ones, and then find out what's going to be good, and then go to the actual store and buy them. Yeah, for me, it's too difficult to even find a store that's going to stay open longer than a week. The stores are failing. They've been failing a long time. I wonder why you're asking to stock sixty books for three lines of books. You stock X Men, Batman. And no, the other X-Men variants, you're, you're stocking 60 books just there, and then you want to store the other ones. There's all this overhead, and the quality's gone down. They do these cross-cover things to sell 20 books in a month. What kid with his normal allowance can buy 20 books in a month? They've been bilking the industry, and they're still bilking it. That all depends on what you're looking they at. They deserve to fail with how bad their business practices are. I mean, you're, you're going to have your, your basic lines, your, your classic stuff, you know, your Batman, your Superman, your... The core books that sell Spider-Man. The, most, the, ones, the ones that actually sell like 100000 mm-hmm. or 300000 a month and they still can't make a profit on it. It's like when ABC dumped Monday Night Football so they couldn't make a profit off it. Someone's doing something wrong. 
know? Well, at the same time, the expanded <laughs> books, you know, not just Batman, but Shadow of the Bat and yeah, the built Gotham books. Knights and yeah, stuff like that. We need more that. covers to sell more stuff to the stores so they can make money off the stores. But or just different stories. Yeah. Kids don't know what to buy or you don't know which one to go That's for. It's not just and, kids, though. Yeah, you, you get hooked when you're third to fifth grade, and you can usually read them up through high school. Maybe you'll read them when you're an adult. But with the stores becoming less and less available, it all depends on also depends on the, on the label. Going past Marvel and DC, you go to their Dark Horse and all those other ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, the industry has sucked since the mid '90s. Pretty much since all the artists, artists left Marvel and DC to make their own image comics, and all the, then what happens is you have a comic book that has three different artists in the darn thing, mm-hmm. three different levels of quality as you go through the pages. Mm-hmm. Whoop de doo. Throw well, that out. Who's the artist? I don't know which one to have signed. There's three of them on the darn book. I can't really uh, speak to all the different uh, labels. I read a lot of DC stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, since uh, Jeff Johns took over there, I mean, they've just they've streamlined stuff down. They've So now they have 12 X-Men books instead of 25? Well, <laughs> there wouldn't be any X-Men books in a DC right, okay. line. Yeah. Uh, no, there's really not uh, too many. Because Batman had like 10 books last time. I checked, and now he's, what, down to five? Yeah, I think there might be three or there four. There's always two. There's, there's always, well, there's Batman, and then there's Batman Family, you know, extended characters. Oh, there, were, there was always like two Like Red Batman Robin comics. and... There was Detective Comics, and then there was Batman. Yeah. Um, and that's where they should go back. But it's I've a little seen... too darn late now for catching everybody else that they bilked over the last, you know, 15 years. They can embrace iPad all they want. Let them fail. And end rant on that. Have you heard what they said on Twitter? Damn all your stuff! The data doubler, the mercury aura, etc., etc., etc. Makes me want to buy everything! The Acer founder, as we've uh, brought him up in previous podcasts, he is back at it again, insisting that tablets are a fad, and this time the MacBook Air is also a fad. I think he's an IE user. (laughs) He's saying that the ultra book (laughs) category created by the MacBook Air is short-term phenomena that will go away. And what's interesting, though, is is that his former company, note that former company, uh, they're uh, they're actually coming out with a uh, ultra-thin notebook. So they're obviously not listening to uh, Mr. C, it's S-H-I-H, his commentary from... I, I want to say maybe the far, far left field there. So any any thoughts? Or He's not like... even in the ballpark. <laughs> He's out of the ballpark looking out, mad at Apple because they made him lose his job because the man's not innovative. Well, oh, well. Uh, you couldn't lead your company to innovation. That's, that's sorry. Oh, we're going to focus on price to foster competition. What other PC company doesn't do? Oh, wait, they all do. Well, you know what? You're talking about Apple, and, and um, some notes here uh, made me realize this, that didn't he call Apple's success – a mutant virus? Just just their overall business success, he called it a mutant virus. Yeah, when you can't compete, you run and call it names. <laughs> I mean, he's stupid. <laughs> I'm taking my ball and going home, too. Well, come on. Maybe he started the IEX uh, hoax. Yeah. <laughs> Got nothing better to do. He's unemployed. Well, it's just that the, that the knockoffs that uh, usually originate in his area of the world, <laughs> he can't make the money from that, so he's... I mean, if, if, if he was part of the group that made Acer not a joke in the PC community and made it actually a viable product, you know, kudos to him for that. But, I mean, this stuff is just kind of batty. Yeah. So uh, I guess the next time we just won't give him a voice because his voice is diminishing. <laughs> I wonder why because you're no longer the head of Acer. 
but you know either he's vying for a vp job somewhere i don't know wow yeah i uh maybe uh maybe rim <laughs> <laughs> yeah they'll get on board right before they leave here go walk the plank there you go you've been listening to owc radio the official podcast of otherworld computing we'd love to hear from you Email us at podcast at maxsales.com and we'd be happy to share your comments and contributions on an upcoming episode. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to hearing from you.